Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, you're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. And Adam is just returning from the mud runs in Asheville. <laughs> Spartan race. You don't, stud. Don't ever do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. It's awful. I don't tell know what tell again thinking. what you did. Like you. Uh, it, was a, it was an obstacle course race in Asheville. Uh-huh. Right? And they it was 11 miles oh of basically hell on earth. And yes. we all paid like $150 <laughs> to go, <laughs> to, torture to, go to torture ourselves and uh-huh. go through this up a mountain, uh-huh. up like 1,200 feet vertical, oh. vertical up and then over two miles and then... It it was it was terrible. It Adam, was terrible. Adam, I don't know why I don't know why you did it. We did it for a medal. That's why we did it, Lori. We do it for that's trophies. Why that's why that's what that's right? uh, Yeah, there was plenty of women there too. Oh, I know. I, why, I don't no, know why no. they were doing it. Yeah, my, some of my neighbors are big mutters, and they are they're into it. They got yeah. their kids going. Yeah, the women and the men, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, fun. It was crazy. Good way to stay in shape, though. Yeah, it was. And Asheville's it was. beautiful. Yeah, it, it was it was beautiful. Had a nice burger at Juicy Lucy's. I highly recommend <laughs> Juicy Lucy's. And then we went and got Vortex Donuts afterwards. So, and they're not paying us to they're, 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 they're paying us nothing. But go but eat a burger there. But I did tell there. Adam did that sounded like a very sexual name <laughs> of a right. restaurant. That's right. <laughs> Juicy Lucy's. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about inhibition for men. And if you want to find us, you know, we love taking comments and questions and we're on the web, which is foreplayrst.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. And Adam, tell us your you have a new website name. Yeah, we have a new website that's going to launch on September 1st, matthewscounseling.net. And it will be fully up and operational, book appointments online. And we're going to have an, a client toolkit up there um, oh, as well good. as uh, doing that's some good. strength finder assessments, things uh-huh. like that that are useful online. That but people can actually you... start working on themselves just by going to your website. Yeah, absolutely. Right? There'll be some videos up, some just two-minute quick hit helps for Great. couples that you can implement on your own at home. So we're looking forward to, to getting that launched on and September 1st. And you take 1st. appointments by Skype, right? We do. We and use phone. Skype in office 
over the phone. You can schedule that right from the website as well. So try to get that super super easy um, to get connected. Good. So if you want to talk to Adam, contact him at his new website. Okay, so I think a lot of listeners out there think men are not inhibited, that men always want sex all the time. Yeah, I mean, that is the common cultural theme, isn't it, that men don't have any problems with wanting to have sex. Right, or wanting to do anything wild and crazy in bed. Right, but I'm sure you see clients, and and I see them as well, where the woman is complaining in the relationship that her husband doesn't want to have sex with her. Right. Um, this is it's so it's so common. I would say for my clients, it's almost it's almost fifty fifty. Yeah. Would you say yeah. it's the same I, with yours? Um, probably not fifty fifty, but I definitely hear about it. Men who are inhibited for many reasons. I mean, I often see a lot of couples in arranged marriages, and couples who, by faith decisions or moral decisions, don't have sex, mm-hmm. and so they don't necessarily know when they get married. You know what's going to be revealed, and they find all kinds of things being revealed in themselves that are inhibited, and men and women Hmm. uh, seem to have that. I mean, I think the big shock can be that a man doesn't want to do it, you know, 24-7. That's Hmm. a big one. Which can be a shock to his partner, right? uh, Oh, yes. That's because going in thinking he's going to want to have sex all the time, and I'm going to be the one to control how often... We have it. Right, right, that, right. Is that fair? I, I don't think women are thinking that well, yeah, <laughs> necessarily con- that they can control how often they have it. But, right, but, they're, but they yeah. are expecting his appetite to be fairly large. Right. And then her own maybe is when she finds out she's hungrier for sex than he is, it's a shock. And a lot of women misinterpret that. You know, I'm not that attractive. He doesn't think that, you know, he doesn't desire me. But mm-hmm. it could just be he really has a lower appetite or he needs something more to connect and be sexual than she thought he did. I mean, I I remember my husband really liked to put his briefcase down and sit and talk and have a glass of wine and, you know, connect when we were young marrieds Mm. before we would jump into bed. And I remember thinking, wow, that wasn't the way I thought it was going to be. You just thought thought he was going to walk in the door ready to go. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I did. I mean, it didn't occur to me that men too would need that sense of connection. Well, and I think that there's probably an expectation has been built that that's the way that men are going to work. And mm-hmm. so often, wouldn't you say that we don't talk about it as much when there is any kind of inhibition, when there is any kind of like reluctance or anything like that, or whether when the drive is just low, that to come out and begin to talk about it is something that's a little bit taboo. I don't know, like it's not I think no it, taboo, uh, but maybe just also, difficult. Yeah, and I think maybe if she says to him, what do you mean you don't want to do all these wild and crazy things? Like suddenly it's almost an attack on his masculinity, you know, mm. because all men are like this, you know, all men bed. want sex all the time. Uh, yeah, we think about it all the time. All men want, you know, crazy wild sex all the time. And, and so there's this, you know, attack, I think, that can come. And especially if she's threatened, she might say it to him as an attack, yeah. right? Yeah, which can lead them to just get them stuck in their sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So. I think I think too like men get stuck in their own head about about sex and what they what they expect that they are supposed to be able to do and that keeps them from talking about it as well. I and there agree. there may be an attack that comes from their partner, but there's also an attack that comes from their own beliefs about how they are supposed to be sexually. Yep. We're very limited in our ability to feel like that sexual drive and desire can vary in one gender, especially with men. And mm-hmm. so that that limits our ability to talk about it. Right. I often ask men, you know, 
tell me what you say to yourself in your head that makes you feel inhibited. Mm. Because they start to then hear that part of them that is saying different things. I mean, I think the number one thing that I see makes men feel inhibited is their anxiety about their performance. Mm. You know, yeah. If they are afraid in any way I'm going to climax too quickly or I'm going to lose my erection or whatever, that inhibits them to go to bed, hmm. to be in bed in a really present, connected way because they're in their heads, you know, and they withdraw very quickly. Yeah. You think that that's connected to the fear of performance is also about pleasing their partner as well, about bringing her to orgasm? like it being good for her and that being a fear as well. Yes. Some of the voices yeah. that and are in there as well. Right. And they might be telling themselves, you know, she's not going to like what I'm going to do or mm. what I want to do to her or she's not going to get there and it's going to be my fault or maybe I'm inadequate as a lover or or my size is inadequate. Mm. I mean, I think men walk through our doors, Adam, and I, I really think they're terrified that the bottom line message that they're going to hear from the sex therapist is they're inadequate as lovers and they're just not big enough. Yeah. And here's 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 a book about all the techniques you need to learn to please to please right. your woman. Yeah. That's right. the fear. And right? we're going to tell them what to do and they're like, I just want to do what I want to do sometimes. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's right. Yeah. I think I've heard as well that there's just because it is so confusing that a lot of times men don't have language for why they don't mm-hmm. want to have sex or why uh, they don't want to do a particular thing. Oh, yeah. Or why they don't want to do a particular thing or try something and try something new mm-hmm. because they talk about I love my wife, want to have sex, want to do these things, you know, want to please her, mm-hmm. but they don't have a reason for it's hard to articulate exactly why, which I think is what you're talking about, what the voices in your head are saying, what the narrative is that's going on regarding sex might be so important. Yeah. And I think that for most of us, right, when we feel something, but we haven't even articulated it to ourselves, we become tongue-tied about Mm -hmm. telling our partner this incredibly vulnerable feeling, lest we be judged, lest whatever, but but we don't even know. Mm. I mean, so much of, I think, our life we live in on an unconscious level, right? Yeah. You know, they're just feelings, emotions that float through us, and we haven't articulated the why. Yeah. You know, and, and I do think that that's what therapy is good for, is helping people articulate that why and what's going on inside you. Yeah. What are the other reasons that you hear besides just the being scared of performance. Are there other things that you're hearing on a regular basis about why men are inhibited with sex? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly they can be afraid of pregnancy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they are not ready to have a child, and so, you know, they just shut down for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even STDs, and of course we're speaking generally to committed couples, but, you know, a lot of times that comes up. I had a couple this week that, you know, one of them had an STD that was new, uh, and they'd probably had it for a very long time, but it was just evidenced. And so, you know, their partner was like, oh, I don't really want to do anything with you right now. And yeah. I mean, there can be just fear. What does it mean that you have this, all the negative consequences of having sex with a partner? And, you know, am I going to catch something? Yeah. All that. That's a that's something, too, that I think is, again, goes back to some cultural narratives that are very prominent, which is that sex always leads to something bad. Mm -hmm. Right. That especially early on, we hear about those things you mentioned, pregnancy, STDs, whatever, that really kind of lead us to to continually think that in the back of our heads that this is going to the consequences of sex. I'm going to go blind. There's something really bad that's going to happen. Right. I mean, there still is kind of a puritanical, moralistic or, 
you know, just fear messages that we get from our childhood. And it kind of associates, I think, desire with a, res- a fear response. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you're right. Yeah. I think that can totally curtail people in bed. Well, let's take a little break. You're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with Lori Watson, sex therapist, and Dr. Adam Matthews, and we'll be right back. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them, it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy improve your sex and improve your relationship with awakening center for couples and intimacy find out more at awakenloveandsex.com and sign up for their next couples retreat weekend hosted by Lori watson awakenloveandsex.com awaken what's possible Welcome back to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. This is Lori Watson, your host and sex therapist, and I'm here with Dr. Adam Matthews, our couples therapist, and we're talking today about how men are inhibited sexually as well and how they and their partners can fix that. Yeah, and perhaps one of the things that we maybe didn't clarify in the very beginning is we're not talking about low sex drive. Right, right not necessarily. Right. This is something different that we're talking yeah, about. I think I'm thinking more about how men particularly might find themselves disgusted at a particular act or they're not as experimental as their Mm. partner. They're maybe not as spontaneous. They're not up for it whenever, whatever, particularly I think the whatever. You know, I, I had a patient who was talking about it and said, Her husband traditionally was kind of needed forewarning about they were going to be sexual. And she dragged him from his office. It was at night and wanted to kiss him in her bedroom. And Mm. she was standing in the bedroom. It was in the dark. And she wanted to do a deep, passionate kiss. And she's like, that's all I wanted. But traditionally, they didn't kiss much. They did not do Mm. French kissing much. And, you know, I was saying to her, that was all you wanted. Mm. But did he know that was all you wanted? Did he know where you were going with this. I mean, he was really uh, kind of had fairly tight boundaries in terms of what he liked. And he liked it at a certain time in a certain place. And he liked forewarning. And he was just more generally rigid about sex than maybe we think men are. And so they just weren't, they weren't communicating about what that, what that looked like. Right. Hmm. But sometimes, I mean, men find disgust at certain acts. And I think some men don't, want to give oral sex. You know, they Mm -hmm. find that just repulsive in some way. And so what would you say to them about how could they get over that? How could they rethink that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think one of the things that we... This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. 
have talked about as of reasons why men are inhibited is those kind of narratives that are running in their head, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the more that we become aware of what those are mm-hmm. concerning sex and our sex lives and what are the messages we've been handed down from our families, what are the messages we've been handed down from culture or society that we've kind of bought into that's keeping us from being fully sexual with our partners. I think becoming aware of those seems to be one of the ways that we can start to kind of fight back against those and be yeah. aware of how they're limiting us. Especially, I think one way I would like our listeners to do it is just to ask yourselves, you know, kind of rapid fire, free association. Women like sex this way. Men want sex that way. Oh, this yeah. is what I believe men and sex means, you know, like just free associate, you know, go for it. Like whatever comes out of your mouth, listen to your sort of more deeply embedded beliefs about the genders Mm. and what they feel about sex before you even start to examine maybe what might go wrong between you and your partner about it. And Lori, it seems like that exercise, you Mm. have to say it out loud. Right. I think so too. It sounds that's it the sounds, rule. That's you have the to rule. say it out loud. Yeah, because you have to you have to hear it. Because I think when you hear it, it sounds different out loud than it does in your head, mm-hmm. right? And I think you can hear kind of maybe if the limits of it, or even in some cases the ridiculousness of what your belief about sex is when you when you hear it out loud, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think that this, I mean, allowing yourselves to first say them, and then to question it and say, yeah. you know what. Nobody fits into every stereotype. That's right. You know, n- not all men feel X, Y, and Z about sex. Yeah. And not all women feel X, Y, and Z about sex. And it's okay if you're gender reversed sometimes. Maybe she wants it more and maybe she wants wilder sex than he mm-hmm. does. And that's okay. You know, then they can at least start to talk about it yeah. and then get through to each other instead of being stuck in that cultural narrative, like you say. Yeah. That questioning that is this my belief or is this a belief that's been imposed on me, something that I've I've grown up believing that I don't have to believe anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that questioning seems it would seem to be key as well. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. What about the fear of performance issues? Those fears of uh, am I good enough? Am I big enough? Am I pleasing her in the right way? All of those types of performance based questions. How do we kind of attack those? Well, I I think the question to ask your partner is not, am I good enough? Mm. But to say, hey, you know, tell me about your experience in bed with me and what I could do differently, what would be better, what you like, what you don't like. I'm finding myself not able to read all your responses. Mm. And so I think I need you to actually articulate what you do think about and what you do feel and uh, yeah. That kind of thing. That's reality checking some of those thoughts that some of those fears that you may have to mm-hmm. see where they are. That's kind of fearful for me. It seems like I would have to be really good at not taking what she says personally. If uh-huh. there's any, if there's anything negative, if there's any kind she, of criticism, if there's any kind of criticism or anything she'd like to be different or you know slightly better or you know like how how do we kind of depersonalize those as men and not take it as personally because. You know, a lot of our identity rides on how well we do sexually. Right, right. I agree. And I think that that it bears saying that if you are the sender of that message, I mean, tact in bed is your number one goal. You know, how to say what you need to say in a way that preserves the other person's sexual dignity Mm -hmm. uh, and their sexual ego. I mean, this is just there are certain things that cannot be unsaid. Right. That's right. I mean, I've had patients who come in and. 
the woman will say, he, he's just not big enough. I don't feel him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, they A, that you said it at all, and B, <laughs> that you said it in front of another person. Yeah. I that mean, is, uh, that's just a hard one to come back that, from. Yeah. So that's yeah just, that, that is just hard. That is a hard one to come back from. And the way I do come back, I say, is, you know, you mean you can't feel him. Uh, yeah. Which is really different because sometimes with pregnancy and other issues, women, their sensation is different. Yep. I mean, so anyway, enough about that. But uh, so I, I think one thing is, again, be a good sender of the message and be, you know, be a good listener. Yeah. You know, OK, so you're saying that, you know, I don't kiss the way you really want to be kissed. Mm. Could you tell me a little bit more about what you do want? Yeah. I mean, of course, we want these things to be such optimal communications because it's so it's, sensitive. So being gracious with each other, I think, is key there, too. Yes. You're not you're going to fumble through these conversations. They're not they're they not going to be easy. smooth. They're not going to be smooth and polished conversations. <laughs> Maybe you can go to Adam's website. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have a step by step there. <laughs> That's how to, how to talk about sex. Three step exactly. guide. That's exactly. Right. And actually, you know what? I do have a one on WebMD. I blog for WebMD, and there's oh, a How to Talk About Sex. That's great. Yep. So, so go please there look first. for Lori Watson WebMD. It's Second Opinion, and so you can find something there that does guide you a little bit at least. Yeah. I think that one thing is when we have inhibition, we're turned off, mm-hmm. and it feels very intrinsic to our being. We, yeah. we do not want to do something that perhaps our partner wants us to do. It just, it's deep inside us. But a lot of times we have a system that we are sort of following that turns us off. And mm. uh, and I think that that's focus. Yeah. So maybe, you know, you think, well, you know, I, I don't like my partner. I had a friend recently told me didn't like their partner's smell. Oh, yeah. Uh, but her partner was a smoker, okay. you know, and it was probably fixable. And she was able to set that aside by saying, okay, this is the smell of his skin when he's smoking, and he is that, but he hasn't always been a smoker. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we could talk about how that might enhance her sexual pleasure to let, to have him stop smoking, you know, healthy. And, right. you know, and she was actually able just to let it go. Yeah. You know, just realizing that was what she didn't like. She refocused on the things, you know, he was very passionate. Like. Yeah. And she loved that. So she focused on that. So then that sounds like a refocus on him as well, as opposed to focus on the thing that was disgusting her, the thing that was turning her off. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I think men's inhibition sometimes is about, you know, they're used to viewing pornography where Mm -hmm. the woman is willing and ready and they don't have to do anything to arouse the image. And so some of the turnoff is they're expecting to be aroused. Mm. They they don't realize it has to be self-generated. Yeah. You know? So they're not focusing on what, again, they're not focusing on what turns them on. They're focusing on what turns them off. Right. Yeah. You know, oh, she's she's not into it. Yeah. And they focus on that versus realizing there's so much that can be fixed in that by their own efforts. Yeah. I think, too, that sounds like as well that if they can, if the couple can start off on something that they know turns him on, something they know that is arousing for him, that that might get over some of those inhibitions because when we're aroused, we're much more likely to do things that we wouldn't normally do. It, it does. It lowers inhibition. Absolutely. Right? And so starting at a, in a place of where we know this does turn. This is good. This is good. This is safe. This is good. Mm-hmm. Get to a point of arousal before 
going to the act that maybe is, has been a turnoff before. Yeah. And I mean, even when you said that word, this is safe. I, I know, I got to say again, I know there's a large proportion of men out there that are just rolling their yeah. eyes at us Adam, today. Like, safe. Oh, for crying out loud. It's all safe. It's all good. <laughs> you know, they, they don't necessarily relate to the male who is inhibited. But I know women out there do. Yep. And they do have partners, male partners, who sometimes they want more than he does and they want it, you know, differently. So yeah. uh, I just I just reacted to that word safe. Yeah, know? I can understand that. I think I mean, I think that would be I might roll my eyes at that, too, if I heard it mm-hmm. on a podcast. But I also know that that everybody's different. And that's why I think a lot of guys are going to roll their eyes at the title of, of just he's inhibited or why yeah. why is he's inhibited <laughs> in the first place. But the guys that are need to hear that this is not this is common mm-hmm. and it's not it's not every guy's different and this is not widespread where they all are willing just to jump in and go for it automatically. Like, yeah, right. I think I think there's the more way. inhibition too in men. I wanted to talk about three specific things. Yeah, um, their body image, this fear of an STD, and getting their wife pregnant. So I think in terms of body image, there is a lot more pressure on men to look hot and look yep. great all the time. Whereas, and that's new. I mean, I think men your age, right? Um, much more pressure than there were yep. when I was growing up. There was a lot of pressure on women, not so much on the guys. Yep. Uh, but I think some men come to the bed feeling like, ah, you know, I don't like my belly. I don't like this. And so they don't move as much. They're more inhibited. Would you more, say anything more to, yeah, more passive in yep. bed. Would you say anything to them about how they can get over that? Well, I mean, I think that there are, if they're doing things that are... Comp- Adam, who just ran the mutter. <laughs> well, yeah. I was going to say, like, most of the those guys that ran it there ran it shirtless and in some really tight pants. Like, uh-huh. I mean, so, like, <laughs> there was obvious that what was happening, like, yeah. men, the pressure for men to feel that, it was kind of obvious that that was some, that's something that, that is new. I mean, eating disorders in men are on the rise, body dysmorphic right. disorders, stuff like that, that are on, on the rise for guys. And so... I think there are some simple things without going overboard to those levels that they can do. Uh, you mentioned smoking. Stop smoking. Like that's going to give you a lot more confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise, for sure. Mm-hmm. Eating right. Some of those things that naturally kind of boost your confidence, boost your confidence level. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing is to talk to your partner about what she likes about you. Mm-hmm. Like what are the parts of your body that she does like, that she finds attractive? Again, this is this idea to me, and you tell me if you agree, of focusing on Mm-hmm. refocusing on the things that are good, the things that you like, the things that are you are positive about in yourself and that your partner likes as well. And that being what kind of, quote unquote, drives you in the bedroom. Right. And I think that when we're self-conscious, we tend to focus on the self and our flaws mm-hmm. and that diminishes sexual pleasure and arousal. So try to focus on your partner's arousal and their mm-hmm. pleasure. That sort of gets you out of your own self-watching and self-criticism. Yeah. I, I am interested, though, that the advice you gave men was was sort of along the lines of do what you can to be healthy and get in shape, whereas that we wouldn't necessarily give that advice to women, right, who are feeling self-conscious. That would be culturally Unappro- inappropriate, right? Yeah. You, don't, you don't say to a woman who's feeling, you know, heavy or out right. of shape, well, get in shape. You know? Well, and that was but, but I do think that, that men important. respond better to well, it. Well, I think it's it's you know it's the difference between body shaming and just being healthy in general. Mm-hmm. Like that is going to naturally increase your sex drive. Mm-hmm. It's going to naturally in- increase your ability to be aroused, your ability to to be less inhibited. 
Um, but you're right. Like, you want to make sure, like, not talking about going to drastic measures with any mm-hmm. of this stuff, but that you are healthy in what you're what you're doing. This is going to affect sleep patterns and um, your ability to have enough sleep, so that when you are engaged in when you are engaged in sex, you feel like you and um, performance you, your performance issues as well. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the sexually transmitted diseases, if you suddenly find out your partner has an STD that you Mm -hmm. didn't know, I mean, first of all, if your partner knew, I mean, that's going to put a big emotional gap between the two of you, right, because you don't feel protected. And that's a whole other podcast. But I would say that in general, you need good information from your physicians. Both people need to go be tested, Mm -hmm. you know, figure out how to prevent cross, you know, contact and what can they do about it. And, And sometimes... Um, you already have it. I mean, it, it turns out like so many times one person shows up with herpes and the other one already had it, yeah. you know, and and when they go to the doctor, they figure that out. And it's like, oh, actually, I passed it to you. <laughs> it yeah. turns out, you know, so that can be something or they can learn how to prevent that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that pregnancy, whew, you know, I think the difficulty there is, you know, are we on the same page about That's it? Right. Got to make sure that. Do we feel confident um, in our our methods of protection? And right. For and do for we trust that? our partner to be partner, using yeah. those methods? And you know, if you're a guy and you don't, there's always condoms. Yeah. I mean, I I sometimes I do wonder. You know, men who say, "Well, you know, she said she was taking the birth control pill," and it's like, okay, you well, know, you I, doubted that. You doubted it at the time. You know, you need yeah. to protect yourself if if you're not ready for a child. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the first step. The other step is that if that's a re- if you're in a relationship with that person. And you don't trust that they are doing what they say they're going to do. Let's come see a therapist. How <laughs> yeah, about it? Let's, how about let's, that? let's talk about that issue because that's going to have further implications outside, right. you know, outside of the bedroom as well. So. At MatthewsCounseling.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dot, dot net. Dot net. Matthews with one T. Okay, good. And you can find us too at Awakenings, AwakenLoveAndSex.com. I'm I'm there as well. Okay, so thank you for listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. We are so grateful to have you as listeners. We love doing this. We love talking about sex and trying to educate you and help you have sex that's that's hot. We want you to keep it hot. Yep, that's right. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. 